Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome in, everybody. Sports Daily, a Friday, a jam. Friday with a lot of really interesting topics on the slate. Jake Balbrock, Tommy Caster with you to wrap up a wild and crazy week. Um, we've got news, great news on DeMar Hamlin that we haven't been able to get to on this show. The NFL now uh, has plans in place. Not everybody's happy about it, as we expected. We'll sort through that. The Shockers fall again last night. Really bad first half and a decent second half that's not enough. Texas has an opening at head coach as Chris Beard is officially fired. The potential ripple effects there. A lot to get through. We'll make some picks with our buddy Paul Savage as well. In the second hour, Tommy, buckle up. It's going to be a wild one. Yeah, we got a lot to get to today on the show. I'm glad that we have some clarity on what is going to at least happen this weekend and potentially for the playoffs. Uh, And there's a lot of ramifications, a lot of implications uh, for the games this weekend. But uh, we've got a lot to get to today. It's going, to be, uh, it's going to be something, and let's start in the NFL, and let's start with DeMar Hamlin. If you missed the news yesterday, and it sort of came out right after we went on the air, he is doing very well in his recovery. Um, he has neurological abilities. He was able to ask the first thing as he came, uh, came to a little bit was, did the Bills win the game? So certainly a good sign on, on if he remembers and sort of a fun moment and what's been a, a scary one for the most part, through and through. But it looks like that recovery is going well. The doctors are optimistic. His family's optimistic. And he clearly was still concerned about his teammates. So that's the great news that we've been hoping for. Not quite time, I think, to, you know, breathe relief, but we're getting there. And it looks pretty good right now, so we'll continue to watch that. That has caused the NFL to have to make some changes. We talked yesterday. There's not going to be a perfect solution here. We're going to have an 
a different amount of games played for two of the key members of the playoff race in the AFC. In Buffalo and Cincinnati, that's now officially out. They're not going to resume that game. And the more I think about it, the more that probably makes sense. Um, So the NFL will proceed forward. The news comes last night, and the proposal, because this still has to be approved, is the option we talked about yesterday that basically includes a neutral site AFC championship game. If Buffalo or Cincinnati are involved in that and a series of circumstances this week play out. If Buffalo and Kansas City lose and Cincinnati wins, Cincinnati enters that equation. If they all lose, then I think it's just Buffalo and Kansas City. Buffalo enters that equation. If Kansas City wins and Buffalo loses, Kansas City takes the one seed. They would have anyway, and everything proceeds as normal. So that's what's out there. It's what we sort of thought made you know the easiest sense. Basically, if Kansas City plays Buffalo or Cincinnati, there's a chance that that's a neutral site game. That's as simple as we can keep it. It doesn't necessarily mean that's going to happen because outcomes of this week's game still matter. But just think of it that way to keep things simple at the baseline. If Cincinnati or Buffalo play in the AFC Championship game against Kansas City, there's a chance that that becomes a neutral site game. Cincinnati is upset reportedly today because of a secondary part of that dealing with the Baltimore Ravens in their own division. Um, that if they were to lose and the Ravens were to win, even though Cincinnati has already been crowned divisional champs, there would be a coin flip because of the head-to-head situation or something. And Cincinnati's pushing back on that, and I don't blame them, Tommy. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. If they're the if they're the division champion, they're the division champion. Give them home field. That's what the rule book says. Um, but they're pushing back on that, so that could be a little bit of a roadblock in this entire proposal. It's a smaller piece of it down the line, just a little bit. But we knew this wasn't going to be perfect. We knew it wasn't going to make everybody happy. This, honestly, is probably the best-case scenario for sure for the Chiefs and Chiefs fans as far as a football standpoint goes. But what did you think of the proposal? I think it's fine, and I think we'll deal with it, and it's no big deal. Well, I think that the NFL is trying to do what they can here to, um, I guess, you know, the phrase spread the wealth. They're kind of trying to spread the unfairness um, amongst a multitude of teams, right? Um, and, And I think that that's... That's kind of the mentality. Like, if it's going to be unfair for one team, let's make it unfair for several teams. Uh, That way, you know, everybody can sort of raise their hand and say, it's not ideal for us. Well, yeah, it's not ideal for you guys, too. Uh, And so I guess that in that regard, I get it. I understand that. I also think that there's a world that exists, and this is something that I'm not the only one that has thought about this. In fact, Joe Mixon from the Cincinnati Bengals tweeted this yesterday where he tweeted out a copy of the NFL rule book and talked about a canceled game and how that implicates playoff seating is just based on winning percentage. There's no additional rules that come into it. That's Joe Mixon who's saying, are we just going to throw out the rule book now and do something completely different? Um, And so that's something that really we haven't discussed a whole lot. And I don't think a lot of people really have. There have been all of these alternative solutions that have been proposed by the NFL and others as far as, okay, does the number one seed get a choice between a buy or home field advantage? Is it a neutral site? Uh, Are we going to throw out some games and the results of that when we talk about seeding? And ultimately, the NFL rulebook kind of already has 
a plan in place on what happens if a game gets canceled. So I didn't realize that until it was actually Joe Mixon that tweeted that out yesterday. And I'm like, well, he kind of has a point. Like there are contingency plans already put into place in the NFL rule book. And now we're kind of throwing that out and kind of doing something different. Yeah. You know, I, um, I, I, but, but the extenuating circumstance I think here is important. Um, it's important because, DeMar Hamlin plays for the Buffalo Bills, and in that game was the other team in Cincinnati. So, yeah, I know the rule book says that, but I don't have a problem with the NFL saying, we got to take a look at this and consider everything here. Um, it is a unique circumstance. I don't have a problem. And Joe Mixon's point is valid. It's fine. I wouldn't have had a problem had they done that either, but I think where the NFL got into a really difficult position on it is at that point you're punishing Buffalo, um, the team that the guy played for, and you're making you're you're allowing potentially the conversation of well we should have just finished the game then, right? Because that you know not finishing and then Demar Hamlin's going to sit there and think I cost my team home field advantage, right? Like I, you know had I not done had that not happened. We'd have had home field advantage. I think we would have won that game and we'd have had home field. I think there is a circumstance there that needs to be considered, and I think that's what it is. Um, and that's why this is unique. You know, in the in the COVID years, had this played out, it is that simple, right? It's, it's pretty simple. You can keep it much simpler. But the guy's heart stopped on the field, and it's already going to be a little bit of a burden that they had to go through that, both teams, by the way. Uh, but that he has to now think about the fact that what was his first question when he woke up, Tommy? Did we win? Did the my game? team win? I, I think that again, we talked about this yesterday. We get to this point on social media where everybody wants to out outrage everybody. The fact that somebody asked, like, "Is he going to be able to play football again?" I saw that that bothered people. Why does that bother people? It's a totally valid question. And oh, by the way, it was the thing, the very first thing he thought about when he came to. So stop with all that. Football is important to DeMar Hamlin. Of course it is. And it's okay that it's important. It can be the same amount of important or at least a little less important than him recovering. It's okay to be concerned about DeMar Hamlin and the way that the NFL seeds its playoff teams. You don't have to be one or the other. You don't only have to care about him and nothing about football. That's ridiculous. You can care about both just like he does and his family does. So, that is a factor here. And the fact that it happened that way, I think the NFL doing it this way rather than just saying, oh, we're going to go winning percentage is important. And it's an important statement for the league to try to make. And the league does, you know, the league does what it does. I think that the league genuinely cares about DeMar Hamlin's well-being in this moment. If they really cared about their players' well-being as a whole, they'd guarantee contracts, right? So don't, you know, don't let don't misconstrue my the league's care for players and safety and all that because they could do a lot of things to be better at that but they don't and that's fine that's that's a different conversation but it's okay to be worried about football and DeMar Hamlin because DeMar Hamlin's worried about football and DeMar Hamlin right like he he's concerned about it so the NFL had to take that into consideration that that was the reason this happened and that was the reason they canceled that game it wasn't anybody's fault. Like there was no, 
there was nobody did anything wrong. Nobody there was no. So you have to think about it and think outside the box. And I actually think it's a good thing that they weren't so rigid in that. And and I would be willing to guess and bet that most of the owners in the league will agree with the this plan versus just taking winning percentage, including I would guess the Kansas City Chiefs who would have benefited big time from just taking winning percentage. I'll bet you they'd be more on board with this plan than the other because it does matter in this moment. doesn't always, but we don't have to look at things black and white. There could be gray area. Well, the owners vote today, right? And I would imagine that the owners are not voting if they don't have the votes, right? I mean, like they're not going to come together and Probably vote on this not. unless they have the votes, I would imagine. And they've got it. I think it's what, 24 out of 32 owners have to vote in favor of this. I would imagine they'll get 24. And I don't have a problem with the plan that they're putting in place. But I also think that there was a thought that went through the NFL as they were putting this together, and it was the competition committee and trying to figure out all of the different scenarios that they could do where they thought, look, it's going to be unfair regardless, so let's make it unfair for everybody. Uh, and, and I get that. I get that thought process, right? Like, And there's going to be varying levels of unfairness depending on the team, depending on where they stand in the seating and all of that and all the different scenarios that can play out this weekend. There are different levels of that, and I would think that the Chiefs probably are they they, they, get, they get the most benefit there it's the least unfair i think for them oh, but yeah. it's still it's still fairly it's unfair right you know right. for all three teams when you're looking at both or all three yeah because there's a city buffalo there's a decent chance right? cincinnati was going to beat buffalo right and sure. that would have been absolutely. you know that <laughs> absolutely so i i think that there was that thought like look uh there's nothing that we can do right now that's going to make it 100 percent equitable so let's just spread out the unfairness to everybody and everybody and every fan base, every organization will have a reason to complain for one thing or another because we're not going to solve it, and we would rather just spread it out than pile it on, whether it's Buffalo or Cincinnati or, or even Kansas City at, at that point. I think the one thing that is going to be um, really interesting to watch, and it bears watching as we move through the playoffs, is if we get to a situation where there is a neutral site AFC title game, and it goes well for the NFL, don't be shocked if that becomes the model moving forward. Uh, if there are scenarios where the NFL can move the, the conference title games to places like, I don't know, Las Vegas or Orlando or you know, uh, you know, big New Orleans or wherever and have a big spectacle, that might be the way the NFL wants to go. And I'm not sure that's the right way to do it. But look at what college is doing. You've got, obviously, the national title game, but the semifinal games in the CFP, they're at neutral sites, too. So that could very well be the model. If this goes well, if we get to that point where the AFC title game is played at a neutral site where the NFL is like, hey, look, we could turn both the AFC and NFC title games into kind of mini Super Bowls and make a lot of money off of it. Yeah, I don't think they'll do that because I don't think the owners would like it. I don't think the players would like it. And I'm not sure that more money would come that way because i don't think people are going to travel it's a tourist destination point i think yeah know, but i don't know that, that people i don't know that people are going to try because there's less time to think about it you don't know where it is there's no time to plan um you know it, it, it's and again i don't think you'd have support from the owners or the players to do that um you'd have to have a really compelling argument that it could make more money for the league and i'm just not sure that it could at this point because i think 
I think the money earned from having a city or town go crazy for their team hosting is as high a likelihood as on a whim saying, hey, let's go to Indianapolis for the AFC championship game. We don't know if our team's playing in it, but let's just go randomly watch the AFC championship game. I think it's maybe a big leap. You didn't know. You kind of had a couple week head head start and notice in the CFP, right? Like they put that together at the beginning of December and – um, you know, then I guess you've got about a month to plan for it. You've got a right. week or so. I mean, it's, it's different, but you know, you're going to tell me that fans of Georgia or TCU that would travel to the semifinals, aren't going to travel the national championship too. like, of course they are. That would be the same. I think for diehards in the different leagues too, right? Like if, if Kansas city went to an AFC championship in new Orleans and played at the, you know, the, the, the dome there, the Superdome, and then they made it to the Super Bowl. You I think with one week to still plan? travel for that too? I think so. You think yeah. with one week to plan, they'd sell Absolutely. out that stadium? Absolutely, they would. I think that's a risky proposition for the NFL. Um, but but a secondary thing AFC to think championship. about. We're not talking about a preseason game. It's the AFC well, Championship. But it's still. I'm it's not just in lack favor of, time. of this, by the way. I, 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 I don't think they'd have support. I don't think they'd have support from anywhere on something like that. But you never know. Um, and you know, if it did have that kind of fanfare and fun, it probably wouldn't be a terrible idea anyway. Um, but, uh, by the way, good news here today. I just got an alert, um, from 12 news where we're got an app on the app here, uh, that DeMar Hamlin is breathing on his own and speaking to family according to reports. So that's even another positive turn, um, in this it's, it's interesting to see what the NFL will do here. I think it's all going to be fine. Um, I think generally speaking, everybody will support it. The Bengals hang up right now is with the Baltimore thing. It's not with the other part of it. So I think we'll get there on this. I I do think it makes the most sense. Um, I do want to know more about what each team thinks of it. Like, I hope that we get a more specific look when we're talking about, but like, what did the Chiefs think? What did the Bills think? What did the Bengals think? Um, on this there it's pretty easy I think to have neutral site now if you have to and maybe that's a litmus test for the NFL you probably go to Indianapolis uh, because of Indianapolis's history in hosting major events like this I would imagine they're well equipped for it they host final four what every two three years so I, I think the logistics of it for Indianapolis makes sense and it's almost equidistant between uh, Buffalo and Kansas City so there's a lot there, and there still is a, a chance, by the way, I think, that if Cincinnati gets into it and plays Kansas City, that that game would be at Arrowhead. So there's, there's, a, there's a long list of different outcomes that can affect all that. But again, just at its simplest point, if you're, if you're paying attention to this, and like if the Bills or Bengals end up playing the Chiefs, it has a chance to be neutral site. And by the time we get through this weekend's games— it will be crystal clear. So don't kill yourself trying to figure out all the potential scenarios and formulas and all that right now because it, it will clear itself up this weekend. Um, and then it will become very obvious what the, what the potential outcomes are here when we see where teams are playing, what their records are, and how this goes forward. So according to Ian Rappaport on Twitter, he's saying that uh, DeMar Hamlin has spent the morning so far speaking to various teammates on FaceTime, and now he's delivering a message to the entire team. Uh, and so my, my question is very simple. Is there a world where 
you want to bet the Patriots this weekend because I certainly don't. I think it's going <laughs> to no. be it's got to be no. Bills by a million, and then, right? And well, but the Patriots are playing for a playoff spot, and you don't know. It's interesting, and I don't know this either. And I would imagine now the level of potential, you know, like trauma for any players. We talked about to a to a mental health expert about this yesterday. I, I would say it's a little lower now that Hamlin's fine. Had he not been or not to the, not reached this milestone here, there is that. Like there, you never know how you're going to react to that after dealing with something like that. And and you know I I don't want to overstate that either because yeah injuries happen in the NFL all the time. Guys don't basically die on the field and have to be brought back to life all the time. Like that's that is unique. And if you don't think that affected people remember the faces of the players on the field as that was happening. We've never seen that before. Even as guys have had horrible neck and head injuries, we've never seen reactions like that on a field where they thought somebody died. And and I guess in technical terms, somebody did and was brought back. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Bills will be as motivated as anybody. Um, I, I can't wait to hear the stories of what DeMar Hamlin is saying right now. I'm fascinated by this whole medical process. I cannot believe that we are capable as of, of, as humans of doing the things that our medical professionals do sometimes, and kudos to them. What a remarkable uh, story this hopefully will become, and I do think it is a perfectly fine question to ask because we all want to know whether you're ready to ask it or not. Man, is there a chance he's playing football again? Because that's the, that's the cherry on the top of the story that would be the ultimate outcome. So I do want to hear what he has to say. And I do think that that's an interesting question. And it's not inappropriate to ask it at all. It's the first thing he asked when he woke up. 869-1240 is the number to call. Uh, we had a shocker game last night. We'll talk about it uh, as we return on Sports Daily. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH, making our way through the day's news, and there is a lot of it. If you want to talk or listen back to the NFL conversation, you can do that, kfhradio.com. Try to get back into that a little bit later as well. Uh, Tommy, we had a shocker game last night, and it did not go well for Wichita State. Got way down. And couldn't come back in the second half. They actually outscored Cincinnati in the second half. But I don't know how much to take from that when they were down 17 in the first half as Cincinnati at that point is just trying to cruise on to a win. Cincinnati wins at 70-61. to 61. Uh, They shoot the lights out 45% from three um, on 13 of 29 shooting. You're not going to win a lot of games when they make 13 threes. Um, Wichita State did not shoot well from three. Wichita State actually only turned the ball over twice and still got beat, Tommy. Cincinnati's had Wichita State's number since it joined the American. I think that makes it 10 out of 12 that Cincinnati's won against Wichita State since joining the AAC. Cincinnati off to the Big 12 soon. But, you know, I it, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of improvement right now for Wichita State basketball uh, just on the floor. I'm not sure how much progress is being made. Craig Porter got out there and looked pretty good. He played all 40 minutes. Um, 19.7 rebounds, three blocks. So he was good in his return, but 
Not enough. Cincinnati takes it, and I'm not sure what to do now except take these game by game and just hope Wichita State can win as many as they can. You remember back in the day when Wichita State was getting ready to join the American, and the thought was, man, we're going to have some big-time matchups between the Shockers and the Bearcats, and, and having Wichita State go in there to be a threat to dethrone Cincinnati in the AAC. It hasn't happened. As you mentioned, Cincinnati 10 of 12 uh, against the Shockers since Wichita State joined the conference, and that's certainly not the way that uh, everybody thought that that matchup or that potential rivalry would end up going. Um, yeah, I, I think that we're at a point now where the um, apathy is setting in. We're at a point now where the team looks lethargic. Uh, the players, for the most part, look lethargic. Uh, there's concern, and I read Taylor Eldridge's article from the Eagle uh, this morning where he quoted both Craig Porter and Isaac Brown concerned about the team losing their identity. Uh, you can't you can't have that, right? Uh, that's unacceptable to have your identity be gone at the beginning of, of conference play. Uh, this is something that, you know, the team should know who they are. They should know that they're a grinded-out basketball team. They're a team that, yeah, they might not shoot the ball, and we've known that since the beginning, right? That's no surprise that they might not shoot the ball particularly well game in and game out but we know that they should be able to play good defense that's kind of been the hallmark of this team and they haven't uh in the last couple of games they gave up what over 80 points almost 90 points to uh east carolina and then they gave up 70 points to cincinnati um you can't have that right with, with a team whose identity should be lockdown defense and especially when you know that from game in to game out consistently, you're not going to score a lot of points. You've got to make sure that you have that identity solidified, uh, especially in conference play. And the fact that they are unable to do so right now, um, th that's a significant concern. I, yeah, you know, I don't know what else to do except begin to think about the future and, and what that looks like. Um, you know, that doesn't mean that this season's done. It's certainly not three games into conference. It's just more and more likely we're not seeing the improvements we're going to need to see for them to be competitive at the top of the league. Um, I, I think that, you know, we just, we take the games as they are and, and we'll get Kevin Saul in here in a couple of weeks now and see what, what things look like. Uh, up next for Wichita State is a game at South Florida. They go on the road. That's on Sunday. It's actually a Sunday noon game. And then they get back home next Saturday. They get some time off for Tulsa. It should be nice to get a win before the long time off. Um, Tulsa's not very good, so you could maybe get a couple of wins there heading into that game in Memphis. But I think that the only thing we still don't know a ton on right now is the rest of the league, or at least I don't, and we'll have to have more games played to get a feel for it. I don't know what... You know, I guess when you get when it gets to this point, Tommy, when it becomes clear, like they're not going to be a bubble team, there's no path to that. So if you're looking to postseason, the only path is with a tournament win, which this year potentially has to go through Houston. It It's hard to find some optimism. And I'm an optimistic guy. I just want to see if they get to a point where you think, yeah, they could make a run in the conference tournament. Because really, that's about all that's going to be left on the table. I don't think they will. I mean, at the, from what we're looking at right now and, and the way that they've played, um, I don't think that's on the table. Um, you watch this Shocker team, 
and they look directionless. They they look lost more often than not. Uh, they did not have a single assist in the first half of the game. They finished with four assists, and they were all in the second half, and it was when that comeback started. But that first, the first half, zero assists. There was no ball movement at all. Uh, and defensively for Cincinnati, they uh, caused headaches for Wichita State. But uh, they, they looked like they were going down on, you know, on the offensive side of the court and not knowing what to do, not even knowing uh, you know, where, to, where to move the ball, where to try to get a shot. Uh, and then on the defensive side, they were getting lost in their assignments. And so there is such a small margin of error for this Shocker team. Uh, and I don't care who they're playing uh, in the conference. There is a small margin of error in a certain way that the basketball game has to play out for the Shockers to have a chance to win. And when you're not executing within that margin of error, then it becomes really unlikely that you're going to win a game. And and we've we've seen that it doesn't matter if you are a top-tier team in the American playing Wichita State or if you are a team picked last in East Carolina. That margin of error remains. And the fact that Wichita State last night fell behind by as many as 22 at home inside Coke Arena, yeah, the comeback was great, and they looked really good at, you know, the last – few minutes of the game, but it wasn't enough and it ultimately didn't matter. It was too little too late. Um, they look directionless right now. And I just hope that as they move forward, that they start to regain that identity some, but there's really nothing right now pointing me to believe that they will. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to be better offensively. Um, you're going to have to be better offensively. Easier if, said than done. I don't know how you do that. I mean, well, that, that's it, what I'm saying. If, if your identity is what it is, which is just to lock people down. It, it leaves so little wiggle room for any sort of mistake. It leaves for sure no wiggle room for a scenario where Cincinnati comes in and shoots the lights out, right? Like, because if you can't, if you can't score, you, there's nothing you can do there. No matter how good your defense, if a team's hot and comes in and hits a bunch of threes and you can't score – you're done. Like you're done before that game ever gets going. Like you're counting too much on other teams never getting that kind of streak. And and it is what it is. Like we've seen it enough now that we know that's the case. How often will that work? I don't know. Um, it's just there's we we sit here and we're like, okay, well let's you know let's really dig into the shocker. There's not a whole lot to say. You know, like it it, it nothing's really changed. Like there's not a, a whole lot to evaluate. Um, especially from a fan's perspective, and that makes it difficult, right? There, there's not a lot of what meat is there to get excited about? What, what I don't I mean, know. What is there to get a fan to say, you know what? I'm going to go out to Coke Arena and watch them take on Cincinnati. What I mean, even and I know that 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 takes some commitment to want to go out to the game, but even last night, I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, if I didn't really have to watch this game, I'm not sure that I necessarily would. Like, what is there? from a fan perspective to get the fan base excited. And I get it like winning games. Sure. Like that's the easy answer. Um, but there's more to it. It's more in the way that this team plays. And that's why it's so concerning to me that you've got the head coach and the star player who are both on record saying that they're concerned that the team is losing their identity. That doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence that there is progress being made uh, or that there are things that are happening behind the scenes 
that will get the fan base excited because you've got people within the program that are saying, we're not sure this team knows what their identity is. Yeah, no, it, it, for sure. I think you can just be ready to watch a college basketball game. Um, I guess. <laughs> I know, I know. It's even harder when K-State and KU are both playing so well right now. Um, it, it's just, there isn't a lot right now. Craig Porter's a really good player. Um, I enjoy watching him play. Hope he's healthy. And again, for me, as I look big picture almost all the time on everything with college basketball, it's where will this team potentially, what's the ceiling, what's the postseason ceiling for this team, right? Um, with KU, we're we're wondering, okay, will they be good enough to win a national championship again? With K-State, it's, are they really going to compete in the Big 12 for a Big 12 title? With Wichita State, again, right now I think it's, can they get to the level where they can win a couple of American Athletic Conference tournament games? Because that may be it, nope. right? That may I be mean, the ceiling. They, they played three regular season conference games. They've lost all three of them. So, again, there's, Two of them nothing, at home. there's nothing to me that says that they could win uh, even one conference tournament game. Well, look, um, they're going to be – they're not going to – I don't think they're going to finish last in the league. But, but yeah, I get what you're saying. And, and it's not – And look, it's if, not there was that something, if there was something that I could point at or that you could tell me where you'd be like, well, yeah, they, they're 0-3 in conference play, but look at that stat or look at the hustle or look at what they're – there's nothing like there's literally no evidence to Used support to be. It that was, it was defense, right? There was sure. that defense. They're one of the but best defensive gone. teams in the that's country, but that's right what now. they're losing. And that's right, what Isaac exactly. Brown, as you mentioned, Isaac and, Brown and, and so, Craig Porter right. are scared of. And, you know, you've said the word postseason a couple of different times. I'm not sure that there's a scenario that exists where there is a postseason for Wichita State outside of a one and right. done conference tournament game. That's that's probably going to be it. Um, it's going to take a lot for them to even get an invite. A lot versus what we're seeing right now. Again, it's a it's a three game stretch, and I don't know that before you know before those three games. I'm not sure anybody would have said, "Oh, you know, I don't know that how motivated this team is or whatever." Right? That that was never really in question. But the fact that that's coming into question now, the timing's awful, right? And and I don't know how you motivate those kids. I don't. I I, I don't know. I mean, I would love it if, you know, if somebody could even tell me or point to a stat that is worth being optimistic about, you know, something that says, hey, look, uh, yeah, it's been a rough stretch so far, but keep your eyes on this or. Well, there's you know, not they, one I don't real- think in the last three games, yeah. um, but their overall in the season would be one in the sense that at mo- for the most part this season, again, I don't know how troubling this last three game stretch is. They were one of the better defensive teams in the league for sure. Um, that's not always exciting to watch, but typically it gives you a chance to win games. And sometimes it gives you a chance to win games you shouldn't win, right, That against a team that's better than you. They've lost that to some degree. And, you know, they had it against uh, UCF. They only allowed 52 points in the UCF game, but they only scored 45. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Right, like even when we play a great defense, sometimes it's not enough. So I don't know. I I don't know, but apathy has set in, and it's been there for a while, and it's only going to get worse, and it's going to be really uncomfortable uh, for the next two months around that program. I mean, there's no question about it. It just will be, and you know there needs to be, and I assume that there is a ton of work happening right now to make sure that that's not a long term problem and only a short-term problem, 
and we'll see what that means. I, I'm not sure what you can do to fix it because I think it's a complicated problem. At what point are you uh, ready to assess the long-term future and viability of the program as far as the current leadership in place? Oh, right now, right now. I mean, I don't. There, we we were doing that before this season ever started. Um, it was a unique scenario coming in. I think that it was a very special season and year one for Isaac Brown, considering all the circumstances that surrounded him getting into that position and getting the job in the first place. I maintain that it was his job. There's no way you can see what happened with everything going on in the world, everything going on in the program at the time, and to see the fact that they were able to win the league, no matter what you say, you know, was it the right move at the time? I still think it was at the time, but there was very little choice in my mind of how to do that. You had all the former players in support. You had everybody there. So, but now it, it can also be the right right move to do something else. And, and you know, that's my not my job to do it. I think that that's probably the direction this is headed, if I had to guess. And we'll see what that means. It's, it's almost like we took a brief pause and Wichita State had to clear a messy situation up before they could move forward. And in that regard, I think they've had as high character and likable a guy in there doing it as they can. But the bottom line, Tommy, is this is Wichita State basketball. And that's it. Like, they, they need to be competing at a high, high, high level every single year because that's the ceiling, and it's a ceiling we've seen and we know exists. I genuinely like Isaac Brown, and I think I everybody everybody that knows him or has seen him uh, likes him, genuinely likes him as a person. Um, and I want, I want to see him succeed so badly, and I've wanted that since he got the permanent job and seeing the players rally around him. Um, and I think that we can have, and it's not just us, um, I think that anybody that is in the world of sports in this city, I think you can tiptoe around it. Uh, for a while, and then unfortunately, I don't think you can tiptoe around it anymore. Isaac Brown a, has to win games. He and it's early in the conference sure. season, right? But you've got to win games if you want to keep your job. It's as simple as that. And yeah. we can tiptoe around it all day long, but that's just the reality of the situation. It's not a complicated thing right now. They either win games or they don't. And if they yeah. don't, they're going to make a change. I mean, it's that it, that part of that part of it is easy. Everybody likes Isaac Brown. He is a very good dude, likable dude. But if you're not winning games at Wichita State, that's not going to cut it and for anybody. And that's just the bottom line. And that that part of it is a little simpler. Like you just win games or you don't win games, and it's that kind of business and it's that kind of program. I mean, that's that's it. It is what it is. 869-1240. Uh, we'll come back. We'll do a giveaway. We got some cool things to give away. A big, fat prize pack for somebody coming right up. We'll make some picks. We'll get into the Chris Beard situation at Texas, which, with everything we're talking about, might be an interesting thing to talk about as we hit coaches. 869-1240 Sports Daily. Coming right back. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. we got Paul Savage coming in. Top of the next hour, we'll make some picks as we wrap up the NFL regular season. We'll also pick the national championship game. Um, we got some really cool stuff to give away here, Tommy. Uh, first, there is a new movie out, Plane, with Gerard Butler. It's at Boulevard Theater. Um and we'll give those away. We're going to have a four-pack of tickets to this. It's basically an action movie. They land a plane, but in a war-torn area, and it turns out, Tommy, that the the danger on the plane landing was just the beginning of the danger, I think, that Whoa. these people faced. Actually, I mean, I, I would be in on that. Like, give it to me. Um, <laughs> so we've got tickets to that. We're going to give away a four-pack of tickets to that movie as well as some Thunder this weekend, Tommy. What's on on, on the slate there? Yeah, big-time weekend matchup with the first place Idaho Steelheads at Interest Bank Arena. There's a game tonight at Interest Bank Arena, 7.05, and then another game tomorrow night. Uh, it was the uh, the first game of the three-game series was on Wednesday, but we're going to give you a four-pack of tickets to the game tomorrow night at Interest Bank Arena, 7.05, um, and it should be a lot of fun. We've got a lot of cool things going on for the game tomorrow night. It's uh, Thunderdog's birthday, by the way, so area mascots are going to be around. Uh, the concourse to celebrate Thunderdog's birthday. So that'll be fun for uh, the entire family. And we're doing wiener dog races uh, oh, during yes. intermission. So you can watch all the wiener dogs running on the ice during intermission. And it's always yes. a fun time. So we'll do a four pack of tickets to uh, the Thunder game tomorrow night. Uh, birthday parties. Those are awesome. My son told me today and his birthday's not for like six months. And I was like, no, you know, you got your sister's birthday. And then my birthday he said, oh, for your birthday, I'll get you a cupcake. I was like, oh, that's really cool, buddy. He's like, and a donut. I was like, oh, man, which one should I choose? And he said, both. And then there was a little pause. And he said, and then you can give me bites of both of them. And I'm like, okay. Nice. 
Yeah, I, I know your plan. Like you, you're going to get me those things <laughs> so that you can have some of a cupcake and donut. Um, all right, so you've got four Wichita Thunder hockey tickets for tomorrow night. You got four movie tickets to see the uh, screening, pre-screening, sneak sneak peek, basically at Plain with Gerard Butler over at Boulevard Theater, and we'll throw in a couple of iced tea cards from HTO. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll give away that prize pack in just a minute. We'll tell you what collar we're looking for, 869-1240. Get it queued up. We'll tell you when. Um, Tommy, coming up in the next hour, we will hit on our football picks with Paul Savage. We're also going to talk about this Chris Beard situation, and it's an interesting one um, for a lot of different reasons, both for Texas, for Beard, there have been some, including yourself, to vitriol of K-State fans who have suggested Jerome Tang as a potential candidate. We'll get into all of that. You're not the only one, Tommy. There's been national writers doing the same thing. Um, we'll get into all of that in the second hour. We'll also circle back if we have some time on this NFL situation, see if there's any um, headway made in the vote that we're expecting. Um, DeMar Hamlin's situation continues to improve now apparently breathing on his own speaking to players through FaceTime speaking on his own again if you missed it yesterday he uh asked first question by writing it because he couldn't talk yet he had the breathing apparatus in did they win the game so um I, what what a remarkable week not even week 5 days it's been in just seeing the things that we've seen the way it's played out I mean you want to talk about the amount of things happening in a short period of time, it's just, it's wild to think about where we were on Monday night and Tuesday morning on this show to where we are on Friday morning on this show. And, and I, and I do want to know now, like, where does this story end with DeMar Hamlin? Is he going to be able to play football again? Like he's talking to his teammates. I want to know what he's saying. So we'll get some of that stuff in if it comes in in the next little bit uh, as well here on the show today. All right. Four pack of movie tickets. Four-pack of Thunder tickets, a couple of free iced teas from HTO. Here we go. Let's do caller number three during the break. We'll get you that winner, and we'll make some football picks when we return on Sports Daily for hour number two. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.